Good afternoon. You've got Living Writers. I'm T. Hetzel, and today Theodoros Kiotis is here in the studio. It's March 14th, 2017, um, and you're listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Um, Theo, um, may I call you Theo? Yes, of course. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for being here. It's thrilling to be here. And, Thank you. And you've been in Ann Arbor. You've been at the... You've been here at the university yes. and also at Literati Bookstore. Yes, last night it was uh, it was brilliant. Um, you know, we read poetry, we talked about poetry, and people came despite the snow yes. and the cold. It was I'm so thankful for that. It's amazing. I saw that on your your Twitter account. Yes, I saw that. And you're at self coding. Yes. And, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're you're here today to to talk about we've we've got your um your edited and translated anthology of poetry. Um, yes. Futures: Poetry of the Greek Crisis here mm -hmm. on the table, out with penned in the margins. Um, so, and in, and that's what is that what you've been also talking about, Theo, yes. at the university? Yes, yes, that, that's exactly what I've what I've been talking about the university. Well, I, I did we uh, we did a, a couple, uh, you know, we did um, a workshop on translation, how to translate, you know, across languages and across cultures, and how to sort of you know approach that. And then last night at the Literati, we talked about the book, read some poems from the book. I mean, I could read you some stuff as well, some snippets of, oh, of the book. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and we talked about, you know, how relevant poetry can be in this day and age when everything is upheaval. You get this, you know, ecology of upheaval-ness. Is that, is that the word? Yeah, yeah. ecology of upheaval. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, you just, you just, you will coin it for yeah, you today. Yeah, <laughs> um, or TM. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, but um, so we talked about that, but we also talked about you know in this day and age when everything seems to be uh, changing so r rapidly and so radically, uh, what is good poetry for? Uh, why and and again, what is good you know poetry coming from a very small country, from the other side of the world? What can how can it be relevant, you know, to an audience to an audience to a language that is so distinctly different? Um, so I think um, it, it's been, you know, uh, the book came out from Pend in the Margins, which is a small UK publishing house in uh, November 2015. So that's been um, a year, year and a half since then. And I've been, you know, um, going around talking about the book ever since. And it's always been very interesting to see that um, this, these things that we think are so localized and so mm -hmm. personal end up to be very uh, universal. Universal, yes, and so collective. Mm. And um, yeah, it, it's it, it, it's been a very rewarding um, experience and a very enriching experience, but also an experience that teaches you that um, we should talk to one another. We should share with one another what is going on right now. Um, well, one of your pieces online, um, you write that you were part of a generation of Greeks raised to believe in a wider European oh. familial bond. Yes, yes. Um, and now you're saying now it can be beyond Europe as well. Of course, a, a, a world. The, the, this uh, was written. Familial. Yeah, this was written in 2015. It was a very different world. It's it's scary how fast. Uh, the world is changing in the past couple of years, in the past few months. I mean, everything has been so, uh, you know, um, if this were a novel, we would sit, or, an, or a movie, we would sit, we would sit back and go, mm, really? Is, the, is, is this the, believable? Yeah. Is the, this, there's, a, there's a leap right there in the plot, you know. Let, maybe you should, you know, if this were like, you know, a creative writing course, you would send this back to the, to, <laughs> right. to the student and ask them to, you know, you should rethink this. What is the motivation for this? But... <laughs> That's true. I have not heard it phrased like that yet. Yeah, but yes, what is the motivation for this? But but you know beyond that, I think it's it's um, you know it's um, it, it, it's it's very interesting. I mean, uh, I, you know, as we are discussing about this, I mean, I, I, I'm reminded of this. Can I read a, a small excerpt? Excerpt from it's this, you know, this poem from the book. I mean, the book is um, is about the Greek crisis, as the title suggests. Um, but um, what I've done with the book is that I've included not just uh, 
Greek poets, contemporary Greek poets, but also poets who are of Greek origin, who write in English, who are second or third generation Greeks, and that and they might be British Greek, uh, Irish Greek, American Greek, or they might be um, Americans and Greeks living in Greece, and they so and they so they are going through this um, this, moment, this, this moment, and it's quite interesting because you know when I first um, started. Uh, researching the book, and I, I, I started researching the book in um, in late 2012. Um, it was a very different situation. It, it seemed like from the introduction that it be it grew out of a conversation yes. that you had with an editor in London. Yeah, yeah, was it, it, was, it was my publisher in London, publisher. and we were having this conversation, and he was asking me, you know, what are you um, because we're discussing um, something else, and then you know he asked me, you know, what are you people writing, you know about what is going right now in Athens. This was 2012, so the the crisis was only two years old. And the austerity Yeah, the austerity, the austerity measures were all, you know, we had just been implemented like for two years. So, um, um, it's so like you people, I hope you were okay with that. Usually when people are like, what are you people doing? It's like, oh. no, 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 I, I don't mind. Okay. I, I know, no, 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 my, my, you know, he's my friend. So, you know, so, yeah. I, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. You know, I don't get offended with stuff like that. I get offended by other things, but not, the, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, no, it was quite interesting because, you know, he asked me that, Tom Tivers, the, the publisher, um, and, um, it sort of, um, I was taken aback and thought this is a very interesting uh, question because um, on a, you know you sort of know what is being written at, the, at that particular moment but there's quite another thing to actually sit down take stock and, and, and put it together in a way that actually makes sense and you can com and, and actually you can communicate it to other people, so people can actually share in that particular moment and uh, become uh, and participate in that particular moment. So it was it was very interesting to start thinking about it and try and figure out how to go about this. So at some point, I realized um, while I was still um, researching the book that I need to I need this to be very inclusive. And I need this to be um, very open and, and 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 a very participatory project. That you know, if I just did um, an anthology like the ones I'm used to, it would just be just another anthology. So, what do you mean by that, Theo? I mean, it's like you know, when you have an anthology and you have like a poet, and then you have three poems of that particular poet, and then you move on to the next poet, and you know, that's. Perfectly valid. I mean, I have you know, me, you know, a lot of books like that, and it's perfectly valid. But I want this because I want this to tell a story, uh, to sort of, um, you know, to go back and forth between different voices. And I felt that we had to have different voices, and voices that did not necessarily agree with one another, voices that would bicker. With one another and voices that would, you know, sometimes align, but then diverge, often mm -hmm. at the same time. But but it's also quite interesting to see how uh, poems, different poems by the same poet, would actually, you know, converge and then diverge from one another. So that's also that was also quite an interesting idea, because um, the pro, I mean, the, one of the criteria. Uh, I set myself with this project is, you know, I would like to, you know, to, to um, discover um, how contemporary Greek poetry uh, converses uh, with non-contemporary Greek poetry. What is it that makes it contemporary and what is it that makes it uh, be of the same time uh, but also um, i was very interested in seeing Wait, time time you know uh, or because because i was thinking you were meaning where is the present yeah the, i mean the, the present within the yeah, continuum uh, uh, exactly. of like what is exactly poetry uh, exactly okay. exactly having, okay. exactly being of the same continuum and it was very important for me to think about it and think how to do it in a way that was um, simultaneously um, very respectful of the material, uh, 
but also quite um, I won't say irreverent, but I would, I would uh, but uh, but also in a way that would tease out potential um, links with other poems within the same and poets within well, the same you, anthology because it seemed like from what you've been saying theo is you started to see you made many discoveries as yeah. you thought about it holistically and reflected on yeah it. yeah and, and is that why you use the section titles to have some of that humor that well not necessarily um, even you <laughs> well because can you t- do you want to yeah. maybe this would be a time to mention yeah, some yeah, of yeah, them yeah well the, the, se- the section titles uh, assessment I think, uh, yeah adjustment implementation singularity yeah acceleration yeah. all from the banking yes they're all bank speak because it's it's um, um it, it's quite interesting because you know after i was having discussions with you know with my family and then they were using all these financial terms and i was thinking how what why is this happening how how is this sort of um coming together and it I realized that we have, you know, because of the current situation, we've all started using all these financial terms uh, that um, we are using a lot of the times and they're not, we don't necessarily understand fully what they mean. Are are, Are you saying that you're hearing them in things related to financial things yeah, or financial or, things or, yeah. or just like kind of as metaphors yeah, no, no, in no, daily no, no, life no no no, no. In, okay. in financial things but what i did is that i started noting down how often i would encounter them in newspapers oh, okay. and then you know you know i started and you know, at the same time i was researching the book the poems and researching these uh, these terms and then i started having these two parallel uh narratives emerging so i thought Mm, I should merge them together and see what happens, and that's what I did. I'm very thank you for mentioning the humor in that. There, there is a humor in that. There is an, a sly irony in that. Um, in that, you know, and you know, futures is in financial terms. So and what we hope for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's. A, I thought it would be quite funny to have futures and crisis in the same title of the book and then using you know all these financial terms to structure the book and then using the poems themselves to reclaim those different meanings and because you know it's quite interesting because financial terms tend to normalize a lot of the things that are not necessarily are so very abnormal yes yeah, abnormal and not good for us so yeah let's take a short break and then we'll we'll come we'll come back and talk more today on the program theodoros kiotis is here i'm t hetzel you've got living writers we've got the liz behind the glass we'll be back
you're just tuning in, I'm glad you did today on the program. Theo Kiotis is here in the studio on Living Writers, on, and I'm T. Hetzel. Um, Theo, thanks for choosing the songs today for yeah. the program. Did you want to say a word about Pleasure. your love for Tori? <laughs> well, uh, all of these songs I've chosen uh, are you know, quite close to my heart for very different reasons. It's just, you know, this particular song, um, I just find, you know, um, I, I think a lot in terms of, you know, structure and and how you sort of translate across traditions. And that particular song, I all, when I first heard it in, I'm dating myself, in 22 years ago, 2021 20, years ago, uh, I remember I was struck by how she's, she was using the harpsichord to sort of make this very modern sounding odd song that sort of goes back and forth between very different eras and um and oh, yeah, wow, it's, yeah. yeah so at the same time i thought i was going yeah and it's very clear the, the sound quality is very crystal clear and at the same and while at the same time she's talking about this very very messy thing in the song so i thought it was very nice contrast so i'm always a sucker you know, when it comes to having this very crystal clear structure and having a very messy <laughs> Content, current, undercurrent going on. So, Which sounds like Futures, yes, Poetry of the Greek yes. Crisis, the book on the table yeah, with yeah, us yeah, yeah, today, yeah. out by Pend in the Margin. Yeah, you can it. tell by the stuff yeah. I've been influenced. Yeah. What you just said was, <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Um, about this book. Well, before we, you know, before we start uh, our, our conversation again, Theo, uh, I'm going to read uh, your bio and then we'll go from there. Theodoros Kiotis is a poet and literary theorist. He is the editor and translator of the anthology Futures, Poetry of the Greek Crisis, penned in the margins 2015. His work explores the intersection um, between analog and digital. Um, he is a member of the editorial board of the Greek literary magazine. Pharmaco. Contributing <laughs> editor for Hotel Magazine and has acted as associate editor, editor for Litmus. Ghost Screen, a collaborative book with London-based photographer Nikolaos... Venturakis. Venturakis is coming out from Paper Tigers Books in April 2017. While Limit towards an assembly of the sick is coming out from Litmus Publishing in June 2017. So we could have many conversations yeah. ahead, Theo. <laughs> in the second half of 2017, the Greek edition of Futures will be published by Hestia Publications, while the theory of the machine, his collection in Greek, will be published by the editions of Pharmacum. his project, Mutualized Archives, an ongoing performative interdisciplinary work unfolding throughout the whole of 2017, recently received the DOT Award by the Institute for the Future of Book and, um, and Bournemouth University. <laughs> Bournemouth. He lives in Athens, where he works as the project manager of the Kavafi Archive, um, which I am eager to talk with you about, too. Yes. There's so much to talk about um, for the rest of our time together. Okay. Thanks for being no, here, No, it's, it's lovely. Thank you for having me. Um, so, let's see. Where should we start? Maybe, maybe back to the book for a moment. Okay. Because how did you pick... The poets, because you said it was important to be inclusive, that they would be talking to each other, sometimes bickering. How did you pick? Um, them, it was like, very important, you know. To it was it was very important for me to um, sort of um, you know uh, pick poems and poets who I think are experimental in in the sense that they um, uh, engage. Uh, with the you know with the Greek classical with the Greek tradition in general, not just the classical tradition, because when you think about you know Greek poetry, you think Homer, you might think you know the tragedians, but you know Cavafy, Cephas <laughs> perhaps, yes. and then yeah. you, you sort of stop there. And I thought no, let's see, you know it it was very important for me to sort of you know because this was you know. Um, uh, you know, this was geared towards, uh, you know, an English-speaking audience. I thought, you know, people might not necessarily know about what is going on right now and how uh, forward-looking and how progressive and how um, experimental the contemporary Greek scene, poetry scene is. Um, so, uh, and because, you know, in this time of austerity, the contemporary Greek poetry scene has gone through a huge 
explosion of creativity. It's really amazing, you know. So many new poetry books being published, so many poetry journals, so many poetry nights happening. If why do you think that is, Theo? Uh, like, because what is poetry doing in this? Time, I think though? in What's this in this time, in, um, you know, I, I've come to think that you know, in these times of austerity, and in these times of hate speech, and in these times of um, you know, just you know, having difficulty of getting through to the next day. Uh, uh, poetry actually, poetry being this very oblique, personal language, actually gives us the space to not just you know to um, um, create a common space, you know, a space for ourselves, but also to create a space that will include other people as well. And in that sense, I think poetry is an act of generosity. It's a gesture of, gen of generosity and it's a gesture of inclusivity and a gesture of um, uh, welcoming what is not necessarily, what you would not necessarily welcome otherwise or, or, or welcoming what is unknown to you because that is, the th that, that, is the, that is the big thing right now because, you know, the things we do not know about um, um, suddenly become uh, very, um, you know, some people might think, you know, they're threatening mm -hmm. or, you know, like they're untrustworthy. untrustworthy and offensive sometimes. Uh, because they are unknown to the individual. Yes. So, and that that's the thing. So I think poetry being this very particular uh, mode of speech, mode of language, suddenly gives us a, a safe space to, um, you know, to, to, to find a very specific mode of expression. And that is, uh, that is very, very important. That is a very big thing in this time and age. And again, as I said, you know, if you make the effort to, to actually read the poem and start to, um, you know, converse with the poem and the poet, um, then, um, you know, suddenly, you know, something new might might come out of it. And that is, that you know, uh, that is uh, that is a big thing. Can I read you? I'm just oh, thinking, no, can, be, can, can I read please. you? Yes, okay. yes, yeah. I've been thinking about this and... Um, that it would be very interesting to see, um, uh, for example, um, I'll read you a few, uh, I'll read you lines from a few poems. I'll just read you this. Uh, this is a very small poem. This is by um, uh, a Greek poet called Patricia Koleiti. And this is a poem called Little Lead Soldier, a biographical note. Stone or petrified tree. When she was a child, she and her sister had a hospital for small animals. For years, she served as an act at a touring show. She performed the big joke. In between military commands, she will go on hunger exercises or tell you her story. So this is, um, you know, for me, this is a poem um, that sort of is... It gives you a story of someone you had you 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 have not met, and you might not actually never meet, and uh, but it also gives it's, it's, you know it's a, it's a part of a life experience and it's a life experience that you know not necessarily that you would not necessarily have otherwise. It's a, again it's a gesture of generosity. It's it's a it's a it's a, it's a big thing because it, it transcends you know, all the boundaries, you know, especially all the physical boundaries. And it seems also um, it invites you then to uh, imagine what this person is like. Yes. As well. Yes. And yeah. that feels like then that's practicing, I don't know, empathy Empathy, as well, exactly, or? and compassion, it's a, which is a big thing. And, you know, and trying to forget, because, you know, that's the thing with compassion. We sort of think we're being compassionate, but we're not really. So. What do you mean? Um, you know, sometimes we. You know, we. I mean, I find that with empathy um, and compassion, it, I think it's a big thing if we. Um, le you know, if we sort of. 
learn how to dissolve our boundaries, you know, what we, we transcend our own boundaries of what is we think of as uh, acceptable for our own moral, morality uh, without, of course, you know, harming anyone. But I, I find that poetry uh, mm. uh, gives you a lot of, um, um, you know, practice ground for that i mean the, i mean there's this other poem in the book called incomplete syntax by di this is another poet uh, dimitra ioannou and she ends her poem incomplete syntax by this line that goes devoid of meaning i attempt to seduce my soul evidence again it's you know it's a way of you know of the poet and the poem attempting to rethink how um, can we go beyond ourselves? How can we create some sort of common ground and common space? And, and you mentioned this common space or, or, or of a safe space of what poems are doing yes. right now in Athens and in, yeah. in Greece. Um, and it made me think that so, it is so valuable because so much of our public space seems to be being taken yes. from us, like in some way, like somehow, or things are, feel like it's changing or charged in this way. Yes. So to have this be sort of reclaiming or creating this public space by having a poetry reading yes. or starting to talk about the poems. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's starting to talk about exactly the poems, but also having the Ideas. Po yes, exactly. Ideas a big thing. And, you know, because the problem, you know, one um, to go back to what we were talking about, bank speak, the problem with uh, bank speak and all sorts of economic di financial discourse is that a lot of the times the financial discourse uh, will tend to work towards uh, normalizing um, actions and um, uh, and ways of being that are not that normal. Right. Uh, so you know, if you it was very interesting when I was doing my research, I would find all these you know narratives emerging that I would think, where is the collateral damage, you know, i.e., human <laughs> right. damage in all this? Right. But yeah, yeah. There was nowhere to be found. You know, it was just that collateral damage. You know, where uh, I mean, that means people's yes, people's that, yeah, that's what I mean. That's savings people, or people's, people's savings, yeah. people's health, right. people's education. I mean, people. You know, people having a you know a, 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 a normal life. You know, you, we should not discount having a normal life. What it means, because if you do, you know, that's that's the thing. If you do not. If you're prevented from having, like, you know, you, you know, not everyone wants to be, I don't know, uh, to make a lot of money and be, but you know, there are people who actually just want to have, you know, their own family, raise their kids, and you know, go to their work and have a nice time with their friends and their family, and that's that. If you take that away, you know, what is left? How is that person going to to react? To be a person. To be a person, exactly. Let's take a short break and yeah. we'll be back. Okay. Today on the program, Theo Kiotis is here. You've got Living Writers. I'm T. Hetzel. We'll be back. just tuning in. I'm glad you did. You've got loving writers and I'm T Hetzel. Today on the program, Theo Kiotis is here in the studio. Um, his book, Futures, Poetry of the Greek Crisis. Um, uh, 
Theo, would you mind reading another one of the, the poems? Um, yeah, um, I was actually thinking before the break to read, to read um, one uh, different poem, but I will come back to that one as well. But I'm going to read something that we're talking about, the commons and the collective. This is by um, Greek, British Greek poet Nick Potamitis, and um, it's an excer excerpt from uh, a large poem, which is rather brilliant, and I hope it gets published in its entirety at some point. And this is called Graphi which means writing, Graphy December, and it uh, makes reference uh, to the December 2008 riots in Athens. And um, and this is, for us, you know, for the Greeks, this is when the crisis really began. That is the beginning of the crisis for us. So um, this, is this is a very small part of Graphy December. Refute the usual attribution of cargo cult banality. The usual overinvested smacked binaries of red versus blue. The archive insists that young rebels depatriate to Tanskent and the junior sophers to our queen's most kind Kinderlager. Players risking amity as a new mode of being exceed the limits, a commons. So, um, yeah, I think um, you know, and, and uh, Potamides' poem I think is really great in that it, it it talks about the commons and how we can create this collective and how we can actually talk about a collective in this very precarious day and age. It, it does. It seems like the the word the commons or having like a like a common where everyone like a, yeah. like can gather. It seems almost antiquated or old-fashioned but we need to yeah have that um that, you know, i hope <laughs> yeah, no, you, you're so correct because it's very fun because you know what you're just saying suits um this is not rehearsed this is fantastic because you know you're just you know we're doing this uh um in this that's way that's how we roll here yeah, yeah yeah but i love this because you were saying that you know this is antiquated and then um i was thinking of reading this poem originally before i read the potamitis poem this is by kiriakos sifiljoglu and it's called deflection and it's exactly that about how the commons um have so far seemed that as this antiquated um outmoded concept and suddenly it's come back and it's become this thing we need to rethink about and this is a poem called deflection the decision makers would deflect if they could they would deflect even bolts of lightning from the center to the periphery where bullets fall when the dark falls and the cross and the roosters crowed a long time ago so it's you know this is this goes back to exactly to what you were saying. Thank you for this. This was fantastic. Oh, Theo, thank you. Thank, and and so you are you are translating these yes, pieces. Yeah. Most of them. There's a few where the person, the poet themselves, yeah. has provided yeah, yeah, the English yeah, yeah. translation. Yeah. But talk. Could you talk about yes, your translation? Yes, I mean, I, I mean, I, uh, if I'm if if I'm remember correctly, there's something like uh, 80 poems in the book. Uh, I translated. Um, at least 80% of the poems. Uh, some of the poems were written originally in English because you have uh, a Greek, a, a second or third generation Greek poets living in the States, in the UK, um, and elsewhere. And, and then you have a few poems written uh, by Greeks writing in English, like D.I. and myself, or um, uh, some poets living in Greece who are Greeks, uh, who are, sorry, excuse me, British or Americans living in Greece there. So um, it was a really interesting um, experience, um, you know, because you always have to think of the host language and how you can uh, transplant what is going on in one language and then take it to another language and do justice to the poem. Um, I know a lot of people think that you cannot really translate a poem and, you know... What do you think? It depends on the day. <laughs> when, 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 yeah. I don't know. I do think that... Um, what I do think is that translation is a very vital 
cultural uh, activity. And even if we don't think that uh, a poem should be trans can or should be translated into another language, we should try and do that. We should. It goes back into creating these cultural commons. Um, if uh, I really um, do think, I mean, up until. Uh, five or six years ago, I thought that James Joyce's Finnegan's Wake, which cannot even be read, you know, it's, it, which I, I know is very difficult to read even in English, uh, could not be translated into any other language. And lo and behold, there was a Greek translation of it that came out. And I thought, oh my God, you can even, if you can translate Finnegan's Wake, you can translate anything. <laughs> um, uh, and yes, I, think, I do think that, you know, some things are lost when you translate from one la from one language to another. Um, but, um, you know, it's it's unavoidable because, you know, even when you have a conversation with someone, there are things lost in the translation. If, even in the same language, when you go between idioms, you know, um, uh, you know, there are, th you know, I, I can think of, you know, of my family, of my, of my wider family who live in the center of Greece, and they will say things that I can, I can understand what they're saying, but my context is different to their context. They, they're using idiomatic expressions that are different to my, you know, to my own context. So, yes, uh, things are lost. But things must be lost so you can create again this can try. Try, try and have this interaction and have this experience with one another. So it's yeah. I thank you for saying that because I, I think that is that is so interesting yeah. about the idea of translation. And it seems to me that you're someone who obviously, I mean, you've you've dedicated time and yeah. and and um in your work to futures poetry of the greek crisis as well as as your own um poems You've, you have a poem in here too yes. theo um would you would you like to read that for oh, us uh, i thought so, i would read other people's poem not mine um well well you're here okay. right okay. <laughs> i think oh, i think I've okay. got, <laughs> if okay. you don't mind okay. um i wasn't planning on this this is called perfusion uh one yes perhaps in utero, but it was in another machine that I became this. The result of a thousand mechanized eyes. Two, Laura Mars furiously click, 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 clicking her way into endurance. A riot scene like magnets colliding. The result of high population densities expanding and then imploding across minute distances. Three, the perfect grip of a hand that is no longer of any use now landscapes the present. Thank, thank you, Theo. No, thank you. Thank you. So, thank you for reading that one. It's so it's so interesting to also see you with your own poem too. Yeah, in in it, and um, uh, and so it, even to this poem that you chose to include, yeah. um, it's the structure is so key as well, yes. like the architecture of the page and the way the the, the movement allowed mm -hmm. within that. Is that um, yes, I mean I think, um, and it's also at the end of one of the first. It's the, at the end of assessment. Yes, I yes, it is the end of assessment. I mean that's why. Um, um, yeah, it is the end of assessment because um, I thought that having you know that final line that you know the, the, the use of the hand that is no longer of any use now landscapes the present. Um, that I, you know, that is one of the bleakest lines I've written. Uh, but um, I always felt, I mean, I thought that's a pretty good uh, punchline to end the first section on. Um, so yes, uh, yeah. And so the and so bleakness is part of what. Um, I mean that that we have to reckon with. Obviously, like yes. you said earlier, yeah. crisis is in the title. Yeah, um, and, and that's the thing. I mean, crisis is not a phase. I mean, we've been told that it's a phase, but it's not a phase. Uh, I mean, we, if we look at what is going on with you know here, you know with global events at the moment, you see that it's not a phase. This is a situation, and we have to acknowledge that, and we have to take that into account, and not uh, sugarcoat this.
Uh, we have to be very honest with ourselves about this. And, um, and we have to sort of, it's only in that way that uh, we can become active and, and, uh, and sort of, uh, and proactive, but also uh, we can um, try and figure out how to go on from here and what is, the, what is our next step. I don't know yet. We don't know yet. We're trying to figure it out, but it's going to be interesting. You know, there's in, you know, there's interesting times ahead. I think for everyone. I think so too. Um, you mentioned that it was December 2008, yes. which was a flashback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the time frame, though, for what um, you've been experiencing yeah. in Greece and, and living in Athens yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that feels. Does it feel like a lifetime? Ah, oh, that's a very good question. Um, yeah, some yeah, some days, yes, it does. It, it does. It it's definitely changed um, the way uh, we um, think of ourselves and how we interact with one another. But the the thing is that you know every year things seem to become even more difficult, and. Also, you have to also take into account there's this feeling of acidia, you know, of listlessness that is sort of has descended and has, you know, sometimes you think, oh, there's no way, this is how it is, there's no way out of this. And um, and this is the only way to go forwards. I don't know. Uh, I would like to think that... Um, we should become more imaginative about this because, you know, and, you know, what I was talking about compassion just a little while ago, I think compassion also uh, implies imagination and being imaginative about this uh, because, you know, uh, we're all, you know, for lack or for worse, we have to figure out how to... Uh, how, you know, what our position what our part is in all this and you know no one is uh, completely well no one but most of us you know we are all you know uh, complicit in some way in this I mean, complicit no it's not the, the right word but you know we are you, you know we we are part of this complicit is the wrong word uh, uh my english failed me there for a minute sorry no, um, but we're part well, let's well let's take a yeah. let's take a short break yeah, and then okay. we'll be back okay Thinking like we're part of this. Okay, okay. Um, you've got living writers. I'm T. Hetzel today on the program. Theo Kiotis is here. We'll be back. I'm T. Hetzel. Today, Theo Kiotis is here in the studio. His book, Futures, Poetry of the Greek Crisis. Um, so, uh, Theo, I feel like we've still got so much to talk yes. about. Um, could you, would you mind saying a word about the photographs that you chose to include? Oh, uh, in, the photographs. Well, the, the photographs is why? that... Yeah, well, um, the photographs... Um, um, one other thing is that um, I'm obsessed with street art and graffiti. Um, Me too. Yeah, so I tend to, wherever I go, you know, 
Um, I, I came, uh, I arrived in, in Ann Arbor in Detroit, uh, on Saturday, and I went down to Detroit, uh, on, you know, shortly after I arrived, and I actually went out looking for street art, and you know, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. Um, I found so much interesting stuff uh, going around. You probably filled up your whole yeah. like all your the gigabytes yeah, on your phone. I, I if know. That's the right thing yeah, to yeah, say. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> that was exactly how it was actually, um, but it was also quite. Uh, it was also quite interesting to see um, how you know this was uh, actually you know th- that what was going on in Athens at the time, you know, with uh, all the you know the, uh, over the past seven or eight years, suddenly you know you you, we, you suddenly found um, uh, street art um, commenting what was going on everywhere. And suddenly it seemed like, you know, the walls actually had something to say. And the walls were actually commenting on, on what it was. Um, like the people were speaking. The people were speaking, exactly. So um, I thought, um, you know, I, I was, I, you know, I started first taking pictures of um, uh, uh, graffiti in 2006. Uh, I had this very, very, very old phone taking like this very, very low res uh, pictures. But suddenly, ever since 2008, I thought, okay, this is actually this is going, this is happening. Something happening is here, and we have to document this. So. I have. I actually have this Tumblr. Can I can I talk about this? I yes. have this. I have this website called Appetite of Walls. Dot Tumblr. Dot com, which is um, uh, this. I, I I'm a bit behind at the moment, but I I every I I upload all the pictures of God of Graffiti from around the world, everywhere I travel to. I, oh, I, I can't pl- wait till I see this. Um, uh, so uh, I decided, you know, initially that you know uh, it's not enough. For me to just put in the the, the poems, I thought it, it that I should put in uh, the pictures of the graffiti on the walls and the and the markings on the walls, which are also uh, kinds of poems. They're, they're kinds of poems, and they're and you know they. I, I wish we could show you some some of these, but what I found really interesting is that these uh, graffiti, this street art, um, may you know. Uh, made very pertinent, very, very pertinent um, commentary on what was going on at the moment. I mean, the, you had things like, um, one of my favorite ones is called National Republic of the World. It's a, it's a dollar bill, but instead uh, instead of, of um, uh, on the head, though, of the, you know, of the dollar bill, the center of the dollar bill, you actually have a banker with a head, with a computer screen instead of a head. So that talks immediately. You have like a whole, you know, a thesis, uh, why a long commentary on financial matters. You know, you've got the automata- automa- automation of, uh, of you know, finance. You've got the bankers. You've got, you know, you've got how, you know. A displacement impe- of who you would uh, maybe expect uh, to be Exactly. Uh, and displacement also of responsibility. It's faceless. It's, it's, a screen. it's completely faceless. So you have all these um, pictures, which I thought um, were, were very interesting. But also, you had these very interesting slogans um, happening. I mean, for example, I found this um, uh, slogan that uh, that that read, "I really want to gate crash history." Which I thought, oh my God, this is such an amazing slogan. Um, but, but the thing is, it's an amazing slogan. But at the same time, it really sort of talks to the desperation of people. It's full of pathos. Yeah, it's, it's yes, it, it's full of pathos. Exactly, that's the right word. Thank you. Uh, uh, it's um, and the passion that people actually want to be, you know, still want to be part of the continuum of of this life because that's a problem. When you find yourselves yourself in a situation like this you often find yourself outside history and outside of of you're the you're not uh, but it feels like yeah, yeah, it yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like you're yeah, being pushed yeah, out of exactly it outside the, the you know the flow of life of of normal life um so it's it it it, it felt to me that it was very important to talk about this, to, you know, to include this again in the matter, you know, in in you know, in the spirit of inclusivity, to include these anonymous 
voices in the book and have the book talk about this as well and you know not with you know so you know in so many words but have the you know the artworks tell their own story by themselves and and there's one for each of the sections. Yes, there's as one well. for each of the so sections. I mean, for structure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's one that that um, that says about you know it's this very funny thing of you know the Pac-Man uh, <laughs> eating one another and and it's well, the, a big flock. Can you say flock of Pac-Man? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. A big. Uh, yeah. I think that is the technical term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, sort of uh, going after a big, a huge Pac-Man, and underneath it writes "self-organization now," which I thought was a brilliant metaphor. Uh, there's. Uh, can I swear on radio? No, no. no. no but anyway, just, yeah, no. But too early in the day. Yeah, yeah, but no. But there's another one. It has a cupid and it says bleep. Uh, oh, you right. know, make love and class war. Uh, bleak Saint Valentine's make love and class war, which I thought was very very funny. And <laughs> uh, it also subverts, you know, the whole, you know, gender roles and everything and gender expectations. So it was. I thought it was very funny. It, uh, that might have been even. Well, I shouldn't say this. I was going to say maybe it was harder to pick those images than it was through all the, the poems yeah. that you were working yeah, yeah. with. I've got uh, <laughs> yeah, masses of, of all those images. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, another book then. Yes, <laughs> yes, probably. Do you mind if we talk a, a moment about your work with the no, Kavafi no, no, uh, Institute or archive? Archive. Rather, yeah, archive. The Kavafi archive. Yeah. Um, that, so it what does what does that mean to you working in the Kavafi archive? Well, I mean the Kavafi, the Kavafi archive. I mean, the, I mean the Kavafi archive. I mean Kavafi is you know uh, one of the most important uh, poets in in the world canon. Uh, so working with uh, you know with the, at the Kavafi archive. The Kavafi archive was acquired by the Onassis Foundation in uh, late 2012, and um, it's it was it was. You know, I was very lucky to, uh, you know, to I'm very lucky uh, to learn to to work to learn this job and work with the Onassis Foundation because, um, you know, archives a lot of the times they I mean they tend to be closed and they they tend not to be very open to the public and they so they they are addressed usually just to researchers. <laughs> what is going on here? Is quite the opposite. We are, of course, very open to researchers because we want to promote research. You know, I'm a researcher myself as well, uh, so I'm, I'm I'm very big on that. But um, what uh, the, the big you know mission is to make um, the you know the the power and the strength of Kavafi's verse. Uh, well known to everyone, and that means creating, you know, school programs for uh, middle school children, uh, students, and we have st we're doing stuff like Kavafi and new media, Kavafi and hip hop, Kavafi and um, uh, and sculpture. So we have all these very different uh, things happening. We ha also have a Kavafi summer school coming up in this this uh, this summer. Um, registration opening soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, it, the registration it, you ha you can submit you can still submit. So if you go to the Onassis Foundation uh, website, you you will be able to submit your application for that. But um, the thing about um, is that you know you ha we the the Kavafi archive is do we are doing a very important job when it comes very important work when it comes to promoting the scholarly um, uh, study of Kavafi through seminars through lectures uh, through the Kavafi summer school through all sorts of very different um, uh, acti um, um, activities, but also uh, we are addressing, you know, our work, uh, our um, also to to, to schools and to the wider audience because we think that it's not enough, you know, to have poetry being addressed just to a select, specialized audience because it's the it's needed for the cultural commons it is yes it and is Kavafi's voice he yes he, it's needed for the cultural commons but it, he, he you know he, yeah exactly yeah i can't say anything do more you, do you have any Kavafi lines that are in like that you can just say theo uh 
out of my own oh uh, that you kind of carry with you as I you probably have too many they're yes, probably just uh, yeah, all uh, in your, yeah I'm in your trying mind. I'm trying to think I have too many to, to pick exactly. from I have too many another to, show perhaps yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. I have too many to pick from but you know but you know he he his work is you know he's so relevant right now he's his work is, is so relevant in what in what is going on right now so yes read kavafi <laughs> <laughs> and futures and futures poetry of the greek crisis and thank you so much Theo, thank, for talking thank to you today. for having me thank you oh. <laughs> i really appreciate this come back anytime, yeah. <laughs> anytime um so today on the program theo Kiotis, his book futures poetry of the greek crisis thanks for listening everybody i'm t hetzel until next time Michigan Stadium loving it. Oh, Finally, the fruits of their labor paying off, absolutely getting a goal. Hello and welcome to the Daily Sports Report on 88.3 WCBN FM Ann Arbor. It's the top of the six o'clock hour. I'm your host today, Don Pataki, along. With me on the other side of the glass, we got Jeff, Nate, Alec. How are you boys doing today? Doing good. Happy Wednesday. Pretty good. Oh, happy Wednesday to you guys all. Uh, anything you guys have that you just want to get off your chests? The Pistons are terrible. Yeah, actually, you know that that's a good start. Uh, yeah. I, I think we have, Alec, I don't even know what NBA, you're a LeBron guy. I love LeBron, yeah. I'm, I, I don't watch... Much NBA ever since yeah. the Sonics left. Yeah. I'm still a little bitter. <laughs> Jeff, you're a Warriors guy? No, Lakers. Lakers, Lakers, Lakers. Uh, and then, Nate, you're a Pistons guy with me. Also a LeBron apologist. You are? I, I, yes. I hate LeBron. So. Yeah, I'm a LeBron hater. I, I, He's the best player ever. But we yeah, don't, we won't get thing. into that. I understand the hate, but he's the best player ever, yeah. and I enjoy watching him play. Exactly. So, Like, like the end of the year, like spring for me has just become... You start rooting for LeBron, and then you just you witness greatness. So that's true because you can't root for the Pistons, at least for me. You know. No, that they played last night. Uh, game as of last night at tip off, they were a game and a half back of the Heat, and they were playing the Heat at the Palace, and they made a ridiculous comeback. KCP had an absurd three to go up by one 
Or no. Was that to go up by... Shoot, now I can't remember. Yeah, I yeah, can't it remember. Was, what... it's a, it was a one-point game. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then they eventually lost on a tip-in from Hassan Whiteside. After uh, two offensive rebounds. After two offensive rebounds. And... With Andre Drummond on the floor. Yeah, I was going to say, the first thing that comes to mind is Andre Drummond... What is he doing down there? He he was mistiming his jumps. He wasn't recovering very quickly. And just when you think that this Pistons team wants to win a game, you know, they were down the entire game. They battled back. KCP hit that big three. Uh, they were making plays on defense. And then all of a sudden, the Marcus Morris foul out, that really changed a lot of things around because that forced Stanley Johnson to come back in. Which and bad news. Stanley Johnson... The last five minutes, no points, no rebounds, two turnovers, a technical foul, and a jump ball that he lost. Uh, Stanley Johnson officially— Pretty I, much a 